Aligned to the Light is a podcast sponsored by the Universal Hager Spiritual Church Association. The views and opinions expressed by each individual speaker do not necessarily reflect the beliefs and opinions of the Universal Hager Spiritual Church Association. As we are all spiritual beings having a human experience, this podcast embraces and discusses how to grow and develop the understanding of who we truly are. Hi, welcome back to Align to the Light. This is KB, and I'm here with... Uh, this is Double H. And Red G to the Double E with you. And today, we're very excited. We have a good episode coming to you. Um, want to talk a little bit about... We know this is uh, still February, and it's our Black History Month. And wanted to talk about one of uh, our heroes... Uh, that necessarily doesn't get too much acknowledgement in um, in a, a lot of facets or, or different arenas. But we wanted to talk about the sponsor, actually, of this podcast and its origins. And uh, back in the 1920s, there were a lot of uh, different things going on with Black movements and Black religious movements in particular. And one of those Black religious movements was Father Hurley. Some people call him Father Hurley, Elder Hurley, many different names, Prophet Hurley. But he came and he uh, he started a religion, a religious movement, especially a, amongst African-Americans at that time, even though all are welcome. Um, but it was a spiritual uh, movement. And uh, we're going to give a little bit of a history. And what's special about now, not only is it uh, Black History Month, but it's also the time that we celebrate his birthday and his uh, bringing to us the, the spiritual movement that he did. So with that, I want to throw it over to Double H to give us a little background and history on Father Hurley. Uh, thank you, KB. And, and so as you mentioned, right, Prophet Hurley, uh, which he was uh, commonly called during his time and then transitioned into the title Father Hurley, uh, was born as George Willie Hurley on February 17, 1884. And, and so that was a Sunday. Uh, his birth was around 7 a.m., um, he was born in Reynolds, Georgia. And what was very interesting at the time, right? So February 17th, you you are well into the Aquarian astrological sign. And images that were seen or that were described in the sky during his birth was the colors pink, blue, and now green. Uh, pink representing piety, blue representing spiritual power, and green and now green representing success and prosperity. And so those who uh, ascribe to uh, spiritualism under the teachings of Father Hurley uh, certainly hold those colors extremely dear to themselves because, you know, as, as they recognize those symbols and, and both from a spiritual aspect and just also from a physical color aspect, right, um, they speak of the positive vibes associated with it, right? So piety and how you should be pious and, and be moderate and also being uh, just in how you handle things and blue representing spiritual power and how you ensure that uh, throughout your entire journey on this um, platform we call life, that you are staying connected with the spirit and ensuring that you are developing spiritually. Uh, then in green, right, is about success, right? So that you are always focused on not just maintaining, but succeeding and ensuring that you are uh, accomplishing every aspect of life that you can whether it's material, physical, spiritual, emotional, financially, whatever. And, and so those are 
some of the uh, principles around his birth. And so a couple of things that were extremely relevant, I think it's good for our listeners to, to be aware. So as part of the uh, organization that he founded, the Universal Hager Spiritual Church, um, that was established in September 23rd, 1923. And as part of the tenets of that organization was all about um, this creed about what we believe and the, you know, the commandments and the belief statements all, all start off with, we believe that God is spirit. And so it's fitting, right, that our podcast is about aligned to the light and how you are connected to uh, your your spiritual self. And, and the beliefs go on about 28 and they cover everything from we believe that God is spirit. We believe that all life is God. We believe there is no life except God. Um, and they go all the way down to, you know, we believe um, that our relatives and friends whose spirits have departed from our bodies are within our own bodies to help us overcome all difficulties in life. And that aspect and that spectrum of belief statements and commandments that members and followers ascribe to as they were following Father Hurley at, at that time and even up till now, it provides a different venue of spiritualism. And a different venue meaning that it's not that I'm only ascribing to um, a one-sided or one uh, one book version, right? You're you're welcome and, and open-minded to look at positive aspects of the Bible, look at positive aspects of the Aquarian gospel, um, to look at positive aspects of other other uh, ethnic faith and religious uh, views because you are recognized if all life is God, right? Then I'm not going to be extremely biased to believe that if someone else has a different faith, that they also cannot still have a connection with God. They also cannot still believe in the same belief. And if spiritualism is the true mode of worship, meaning it is the uh, base underlying value of all faith, regardless of what you're calling or who you're calling or which way you're praying, then you have a connection with them. And so that's one of the things that uh, Father Hurley was uh, well known for. And as he continues to develop the organization, uh, he established something such as the School of Mediumship and Psychology to elevate and educate um, those who have been tossed aside from many other faiths, uh, those who had maybe had uh, ascribed to a previous faith or a previous doctrine or previous uh, dogma, but they felt like they could never they could never elevate to a certain level. They could always be a worshiper, but never also be a savior and never learn to become something more than that. And so the School of Mediumship and Psychology uh, was an aspect of the overall of the organization that he established to, again, educate and elevate uh, members about learning about things about themselves, um, not just about a spiritual doctrine, but also about themselves, knowing themselves, knowing their astrological signs, knowing how they relate to God, knowing what their presence was in the universe and how they are not just a body, but they are part of the universe. And so when you start to see this entire image come together of this individual, Prophet Hurley, Elder Hurley, as he was called, at, at one time he was a member of the Triumph Church um, and then moved on from that to establish the Universal Hager Spiritual Church, you get a sense of how impactful that thought was, right? To tell black and brown and even poor whites um, who at that time, many were struggling with Jim Crowism was struggling through Reconstruction, 
um, was struggling through the economic depression, tell those individuals that you are God, spirit, clothed in matter body, right? So you take a step back and think about that. Regardless of your situation, uh, what you were born into, where you have lived, um, the things you are experiencing now, to think that I am still at the core of my being a spiritual being, right? And therefore, the experiences I may be going through are just temporary or they may be a development stage. And so, you know, while I don't want the entire episode to be strictly just on his biography, I, I thought it was well fitting to at least describe uh, the man behind the message, right, of who Father G.W. Hurley is. And and so much more can be found out about him on the website. Um, he has, um, some of his information has been shared in the Smithsonian. Um, so as, as KB mentioned, he has uh, often been an unsung hero uh, in the Black uh, spiritual movement and just overall Black history. But, you know, he had connections with Marcus Garvey, at one time, Marcus Garvey even sought out to him to help be a, a spiritual leader, a part of the uh, UNIA. And he had connections with many other leaders uh, at that time. He attended Tuskegee University, well, Tuskegee Institute at the time. So we know he definitely had a relationship with Booker T. Washington. And he went to Phelps Bible School and, and studied under many, many um, well-devoted uh, masters and adepts um, from Dr. DeLawrence to uh, prophets in India, and as you, as those who choose to study his faith and his philosophy, they will begin to see how the connections are to each of the individual faiths. Right? It is. It is not just a Christian movement or a uh, Buddhist movement or a um, you know even an Islamic movement. You can see that it transcends and it is still connected to each of those individual faiths, and so. Uh, again, I, I think it's just very fitting that uh, as we think about this podcast and we think about our alignment to the light, that we at least you know give honor where honors due uh, to the founder of the movement. And Reggie um, would certainly welcome your input as we think about not only the man but the early feast, those steps, and that that perfect time that lines up with uh, this podcast being released on the seventeenth. Well, I say to you, happy Hurley's Feast, happy Hurley's Feast, happy Hurley's Feast. Amen. And this being the 17th of February, the day that we do celebrate the founder of the Universal Hager Spiritual Association Doctrines and Teachings, we're thankful for that. And it, it, it's true that we have this time here to give you a little bit of light, a little bit of wisdom about where our founder came from, where the sponsor where the doctors came from. And I think Double uh, H has done a great job in giving the history and, and, you know, just a little bit more about us now. But we're just so much more than that because the doctrine has been rooted and founded in knowing yourself, but in understanding the inner self and that love that's within you because the love is what connects it all. And I think back to when I first joined and, you know, Hurley's Feast coming was the first real time that I, I, I really got the fellowship with a lot of our saints. And where I came from, we spent the night in the temple and in, in, in the center, and we had a good time. We exchanged gifts. And instead of having a tree, because we don't do Christmas trees, we had our seven steps up there. And the seven steps, you know, talks about those seven elevations, those seven steps towards you reaching that uh, 
so to speak, that Christhood within yourself and getting the inner standing and understanding of who you are and what you are and just going up those steps and having the gifts on the steps and just sharing the food and the libations and the fellowship with one another. It was a beautiful time for sure. But we think about it and, and, and the meaning of the feast itself and, you know, the food is good and you feast on that, but you just feast on so many other things. Uh, as Double H said, uh, the steps that we have, we have seven steps and each step has a name. And, and as we go up those steps, we go and get closer to who we are, what we are. Like was mentioned, we have uh, traditions that have been um, established over the years. And one of them is to discuss these seven steps. And these seven steps are analogous with the seven trials that Jesus had to go through. You know, there was a period of time that it's unaccounted for in the Bible. And we believe that during that period of time, Jesus went off and he had to study um, he had to really study and study spiritualism, study those things that ended up being his core values, uh, you know, when he was working with the disciples. And so there were these seven things that he had to go through, these seven trials. And at the end of the trial, it was to kind of gain the knowledge of these things. And we equate those with these seven steps, not necessarily physical steps, but kind of seven things that you had to go through to attain something at the end. And um, we start this celebration off. Um, Hurley's Feast for us is the day is actually... February 17th, but we start this off a week before. And like was said, the, the first step, um, and I'll just go through all of the steps. Uh, I'll name all of the steps and then we could have a discussion on, on each. But uh, the first is sincerity and then justice, faith, philanthropy, heroism, love divine, and then the Christ. And so when you're talking about sincerity, Let's have a discussion about that. What what truly is being sincere and um, how should you use sincerity in your life? So uh, Double H or Rev G, you have any thoughts on that? Uh, sure. So the, the idea of sincerity, I think, is a key, right? When you think about elevation, if you're on a journey um, to learn more about who you are and to become the Messiah, to become to become a savior as we you know, recognize the, the uh, development and Christhood of Jesus uh, during his time, uh, you have to, one, be sincere about what you're doing, right? And even as uh, we individuals who may not be on that same individual journey to become a Messiah or become a savior of people, uh, but in our own lives, as a child, you're taught your word is your bond, right? So whatever you say, be sincere in it, be, be true in it, because you are judged by your words, even more so than by your actions, right? If you think about it, if you are truly sincere, people will say, okay, I trust you. I, I believe in you. I, I, I will give you a good, I got a good feeling about who you are uh, as an individual. And, and so I think sincerity, it, it is the first step, but it's important because as you are on your path of whatever development you are moving towards for Align to the Light, right? We are all thinking that we are all moving towards a higher elevation, but you have to be sincere in it. You, you know, you can't, I'm not saying you can't, you shouldn't be doing something just because somebody else is doing it, right? You say, oh, well, I, I'm, I'm going to, uh, 
I'm going to act right because he's acting right. Well, that that may be temporarily, but if you're sincere, then you want to do it because you know it makes you feel good and it, and it establishes your legacy. You covered it very well. And we have to be sincere with you, though, because at the end of the day, you have to be true, true to yourself. You could fake it with everybody else. You could lie to all the people that you want. You could lie to yourself if you choose to. But if you're not sincere to yourself, then you can't find that 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 center. You can't be totally in aligned with yourself. You know, you can't find that balance and you know vibrate harmoniously with yourself because you have not been true to yourself. So we we, we go through that, and that's a great thing. But the next one is justice. So if you're talking about justice, you're talking about just behavior and just treatment of others. You know, you have to be just in the things that you do. You have to treat others the way you want to be treated. You have to do things that's going to be good and uh, that's going to help to, to, to promote and not to help to take away from things. It's, it's, it's just fair. Well, you said something and it made me reflect back when I heard a wise man once say, it should be all about addition and multiplication That's right. instead of subtraction and division. That's right. And when you when you think about justice, right, one of the one of the famous sayings of Jesus, love your brother as you love yourself, right? And I'm paraphrasing that. Um, but if you treat others in a just manner, in a balanced manner, right, then you recognize, hey, I can I can evolve and rise up because those who are near me are also being treated fairly and they're rising up. But if I'm at any time, you know, being unjust or or being, you know, biased, what happens? Even though I may for a short term move ahead, the way the way the universe works, the way the karma works, other things, others also will have that same biased feeling, that unjust feeling. So they will start doing unjust things to you. And so you know, we start thinking about, well, that's that's starting to be like subtraction and division versus addition and multiplication. Like, okay, I'm treating you just. So because I'm treating you just, you're going to what? You're going to add to my development. You're going to multiply my uh, expansion. So what's what's on the third step? So the third step is faith. Mm. Faith, faith, faith. Yeah. How do you go about getting faith? I mean, so are you born (laughs) with faith? Do you just miraculously have it? Do you have to go through something to get faith? Or do you have to have faith in order to get through something? I, I say well, all of those. You have to have faith to get through. You have to faith have faith to know that you're going to go through. You know, because faith is you know, yeah. faith is just faith is just a belief. It's a trust. It's a, a, a confidence in, in what you send out is going to come back. You know, so even as we go through and even talk about the last show, our prayers, we have the faith to know that when we send these prayers out, they're going to come back in the way that we in the way that we desire. And that comes from being faithful in what we believe. So I'll I'll add to that. Um, I heard um, I heard an individual speak on and it and it really registered to me said when an infant comes out of the womb, it has the most undying faith that the mother will protect it, doesn't know anything about it, doesn't, it isn't very familiar with the universe or the world itself, right? But when that infant comes out and when it lays on a mother's chest, it, it will literally find its way um, to be breastfed. And, and the idea is that the infant has that much faith that I, I may not, I, I can't see, I can barely hear, 
you know, my sense of balance is kind of off, but I trust and believe that where I'm placed works. And, and so I think to answer your question, yes, we're all born with some level of faith, probably, probably the most faith you can think of. And as time moves on, I think that faith starts to um, wither away because something that people told us, somebody tells us about the story, and like, oh yeah, I don't trust that anymore. And, and then we may, you know, we may experience a temporary setback and like, oh man, that ain't, you know what, that, mm. that don't work. And, and life, life puts us in a predicament where we're, we're tested on faith. Um, again, similar to the master Jesus, who was challenged on his own faith to say, hey, okay, you you say you know these things, you say you can demonstrate all these miracles, prove it, right? And show us that you are who you say you are. And so I think faith is, um, yes, we're, we're my, my personal belief is that, yes, we're born with it, but it has to expand and develop because as life starts throwing us curveballs, it withers away. It's you know starts getting a little flaky, and uh, I'll be the first to say I I, I would love to say I'm always faithful um, and uh, believe in, in everything that I do. But I, I know I have myself said, so, uh, you know, let me doubt myself a little bit, and uh, I don't know if I'm exactly aligned. And sure enough, life will put you in a predicament like line back up, line up with the light, get get you back uh, to being. Uh, faithful in what you believe. And you know, you so. you bring up a good point because a lot of times when we say faith, we automatically jump to faith in God or a higher power. But there's also mm-hmm. faith in yourself, and then mm-hmm. faith in in other people as well. So that's a just a interesting point okay. that um I wanted to bring out before we move on to the fourth step, which is philanthropy. And what say mm-hmm. ye about philanthropy? Because I know. I'm not trying to be funny. Well, I'm trying to be a little bit funny, but you know, I may pass somebody <laughs> on the street that has a handout, and I'm like, "Eh, not today, buddy," because I don't know where you're going with that. But I do practice philanthropy in other parts of my life. So, what say you about philanthropy? Um, I'll, I'll start and certainly give Rev G uh, an opportunity to share. I think you know, philanthropy uh, is an interesting topic. Many times we think about philanthropy only from the point of extremely wealthy, right? We and I think that's what's always advertised. Hey, philanthropy is about the the, the multimillionaires and the billionaires who, you know, donate several million dollars to uh, the needy or establishing large foundations. And all that is 100% true, right? I think many of the large movement and large uh, philanthropic um, funds and donations have been established by millionaires and billionaires. And the universe is thankful for that. But there is also philanthropy at the home level at the uh, individual working at the soup kitchen, um, at the foster mother or foster father who's taking in kids even after they've had their own children, right? Uh, or the, um, the voluntary Sunday school teacher or the uh, EMS worker who chooses after his normal shift to go host you know, um, lessons about CPR and first aid to new mothers or to um, those who may be recovering addicts. And so I think philanthropy has that that larger term of what am I doing to help others? And you're right, KB, right? It, it's not always in I'm always 
handing out a dollar to a person that is um, who may be in need um, because philanthropy may be such that, and I say maybe, right? It may be such that I am um, helping that individual find the right VA services Absolutely. instead of giving them a dollar. But, you know, you, you're, you're a veteran. You shouldn't be on the street begging for dollars. I'm going to point you in the right direction for the VA where you can get, you know, housing and get medical care and, and services that's, that's more appropriate than a dollar that only may last you mm-hmm. whatever, 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Exactly. So, now, and, and uh, that's so true. We, we can even yeah. break it down into one word, goodwill. If you're treating people with goodwill, if you help, you know, because goodwill is going to help to advance, goodwill is going to help to develop, goodwill is going to help to move something forward. And you don't always have to do that, you, like you said, using money. You could do an activity. You could point them. And I love what you said about just pointing them in the direction of where they can get the services that they need to help them. That's a beautiful thing in itself. That's an instance of activity. Even uh, different fraternities are famous for that. You have your Greek fraternities, and then you have your Masons, Easter Stars, your Elks, and your your, your different ones like that, your, your Shriners, that, that also do different acts of deeds to help others and just to promote goodwill. Yep, absolutely. And that's the point that I was trying to get at, that it's not always about, you know, money. Sometimes money does help, um, but sometimes more helpful is actually teaching somebody how to fend for themselves, how to make that own money, how to get the services that they need. Um, all these big yeah. brother programs and, um, you know, sometimes your your time and even to the people who are giving of themselves, um, to me, you know, time is more valuable, more valuable than money. So, um just a little uh, bit of a, a different spin on what people may normally think about philanthropy. <laughs> so next, moving on to the fifth step, it's heroism. So heroism, we often think that, you know, it, it comes from, I guess, some outside source. You're looking at, you know, X-Men on TV or you're looking at they used to have an old show called Heroes and they have these extraordinary superpowers and um, but, you know, as a regular person, I, I think we can all exhibit heroism in our lives. And Double H, I'll go to you first. What do, what do you think about that? Um, I, I think this, this pandemic <laughs> has, has probably shown us the true meaning of heroism at yes. every um, phase of life, from the the nurse and doctors who, you know, chose to literally put their lives in harm's way to mm-hmm. treat patients as, you know, COVID-19 was still developing. And, and, and for many, they had no idea how to do, handle it. Right. It was just like, I, you know what, we're still we're still trying to get our arms around how transmissible it is. One mask, two masks, ventilators, non-ventilators. Do we do we allow others to visit and not, you know, to to the to the janitors at buildings who were being asked to clean because everybody had to leave, yeah. right? Um, to the to the individuals who were at uh, Dollar Trees and Dollar Generals and, mm-hmm. and working at Amazons and Walmarts who right. who never got a day off, right? They, matter of fact, while many people, some people were able to work from home um, because of the job, others they were hiring like left and right saying, Hey, we need more people in here because we got to stock shelves because we have to get out um, more uh, formula to mothers who, who, who can't go out and, and travel. And we need to get um, sanitary wipes and, and Lysol sprays out you know, ASAP. And so, um, you know, so we need somebody to, to man the register, even though everybody else is afraid to go out. We need those people 
working at Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Walmart, Target, get in here and work. And and so um, I, I think we have seen what a true hero means. And you're right. I mean, it's it's not just those who wear capes, right? It is. Uh, uh, it has it has been the teachers, the um, who have probably shown many parents like, oh my God, this is what you deal with. <laughs> this is the, I didn't know my. I didn't, I didn't know my children was this horrible <laughs> to deal with for eight hours a day. That's it. I, I don't. I can't stand him. I can't stand him or her for two days, and 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 you have them for one hundred and eighty days. Nah, with twenty five other right. kids so the same uh, age in the class. But that's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, so I I think um, we are all I think re-examining what our view of heroism is um and i i can only hope that as we move beyond the pandemic as we kind of hopefully turn the page uh, as we get towards the end of 2021 um that people are recognizing the heroic acts the, the large ones again i, I don't want to i don't want to to belittle the large you know the large ones right the true heroes who uh, the firemen, the police officers who go in and, and handle domestic violence or handle criminal activity or handle fires. But also, uh, again, the, you know, the 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 bus boy, the person washing dishes, the um, the person that is sweeping the floors. Listen, if if there's nobody, if there's nobody cleaning your hotel room or changing your sheets. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or even cleaners, when you think about like, all the people just, that are in the hospitals, you, they have to have people that clean the hospitals. I mean, all those folks. That's right. That's right. The nursing assistants and different yeah. ones like that, that people usually just turn their noses up at, you know, and, and the idea of putting your putting others first, even when you're in danger is a heroic act. But, but to come to the time now during this pandemic also that people have realized it's not just those that ran into a burning building. Those are heroes as well, but it's more than just that. The others that are doing things that are just so up and above and beyond the call of duty, so to speak. And it's a beautiful thing as we grow and we develop, knowing that that's just putting us closer to our letting that ego within ourselves go. Because you definitely have to let your ego go and realize it's not about you when you definitely want to you know, do that heroic act. Or when you want to act on those things, so that that that's a great thing in itself. Yep, and, and true. And I, I just want to take a little bit of time just to say thank you to all those folks that are listening yeah. um, that fall into that category. Definitely appreciate you because I know I've been on Amazon ordering stuff like crazy. So I'm definitely grateful to my <laughs> mailman, to the delivery person, to all the folks in Walmart, which I frequent kind of sort of a lot but uh, all those people that you know just have you know showed up for work you know to make it a little easier for someone else um no matter what facet of, of life it's in whether it's the big to the small i think everyone deserves a little pat on the shoulder a little thanks so thanks for being a little hero or a big hero i should say and um you know making somebody's life a little better yes we definitely thank you we thank you our next step is oh, <laughs> our next step number six number six is love divine yeah. and when i was thinking about this you know i kind of didn't read that second word a little bit so i'm thinking love and i'm like wait a minute jesus had to go through the step of love 
Join us next week for the continuation of Hurley's Feast and the Seven Steps with KB, Rev G, and Double H. We look forward to hearing from you. Please send your questions, comments, and suggestions via email to aligntolight at uhsca.org. That's A-L-I-N-E, the number two, L-I-G-H-T at uhsca.org. Thank you.